I didn't have a business plan, like you said. I, I did it part time. I knew I could create the products that I was looking to sell because I did it, you know, in my spare time when I was working a nine to five. So, like, you know, it comes back to that six to nine mentality. I was doing it back then before I actually did take the leap. Hey, my name is Ariana, and as an immigrant, wife, young mother, and multi passionate professional, I currently spend my days trying to figure out this crazy and unpredictable thing called life. After a few chaotic years learning from my mistakes in my early 20s, I've now struck that balance with full time work at a fabulous tech company and a startup coaching business I run from home. So here we are, making the best of life curveballs and optimizing our opportunities. We talk about all things career, business, money, life, and mistakes and maybe even an after-hour conversation or two. So grab your coffee and pour your wine, and let's get inspired to embrace your weird, all while learning workshop style. The breakout session is about to begin. This is the Side Hustle Experience Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number six of the Side Hustle Experience. I am so excited because today we have our very first guest, Brendan Rosen. Yes, you heard it right. He has the same exact last name as me. He's my husband. (laughs) (laughs) I brought on Brendan today because he has a very fascinating story, although he doesn't like to admit it. And I think that is so valuable to share, not only from a career's perspective, but also his business and everything that he's been able to do since 2015, which is insane. It's been almost seven years since he's been on his own. And he had so many amazing life experiences that he can share with you all, all of the ups and downs and all of the lessons that he's been able to learn alongside myself, of course, but I figured it would come on a lot better from him. So I will go ahead and let him introduce himself, but so excited to have him on the podcast today. Hey, yeah, you know what? It's amazing that like, you know, you've been a- along for the entire ride. So this is really fun to kind of revisit some of those memories and you can kind of plug a lot of the holes where, you know, my memory is going to fade a little bit. Yeah, so I I started my business in, I guess it was 2015, and we officially incorporated in 2017 when I left my last full-time job to go full-time independent. That was March of 2015, and it's been sink or swim, feast or famine, going on the better part of a decade, and here we are. Here we are talking about it, so that's exciting. Yes, definitely. And yes, to confirm, it was March of 2015. Because I remember I had just been at my regular full-time job for a few months when all of this happens. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of everything, Brendan, why don't you introduce yourself properly? Like who you are, what is it exactly that you do, and who do you serve? So my name is Brendan Rosen. I am the president of CLO Pictures. We are a full-service pre- and post-production house serving the greater New York, New Jersey area. A lot of sports leagues, marketing agencies, businesses, that sort of thing. Anyone who wants videos shot, edited, and delivered, we do it for a great low rate. That's right. And he also travels all over the country, not just in the Northeast. And internationally. That's right. (laughs) Mike dropped. (laughs) (laughs) He does travel internationally, and he actually just got his very first gig as a director and DP. So I'm super happy for him and super proud. So he can also do that as well. He did it beautifully for a very recognized show here in New York. So he's also a director. He forgot to mention that. You know what? It's actually my second big DP credit. I don't know if we can mention the name of the show here, but it was 10 episodes in five days, the heaviest lift that we've ever undertaken. And 
Boy, I had a glass of wine after that was wrapped. <laughs> but the, the first one actually was 2017. That was, um, do you remember when we did NHL animated Stanley Cup stories? Yes, definitely. Yes, that was a fun one. We were traveling all over the country talking to hockey players, reliving their experiences with the Stanley Cups and the crazy things that they had done. Um, that could be a good podcast in and of itself. Yeah, we had one week to get in, build a studio, shoot 10 episodes of a talk show, get out. And that was an absolutely unforgettable experience. It really was. And then that just reminds me when you introduced yourself, if you're listening to the podcast and you have been an OG follower of mine in my socials, you have always asked me about my video editing skills. Well, that's all thanks to Brendan. I've always had that hobby of wanting to learn the technical aspect of production and marketing and everything that you put out there in the internet. And Brendan was gracious enough to teach me on a professional platform how to edit my own videos. So if I ever took credit for that, well, <laughs> I'll have to take that back because actually Brendan was the one who taught me how to do that. And I learned and now it's a very good, interesting skill that I have and a fun fact that I tell everybody at work and every of my clients since it's not exactly what I do, but it's something fun to tell people. You know, with that being said, Brendan, I just want to hear from you to tell us a little bit about the reasons behind why you started your entrepreneurship journey to begin with. You know, I think more than anything, I kind of fell into it. I don't think I was really seeking to be an entrepreneur. I think it's just kind of something that more or less happened along the way. When I was working full-time at Cinesport here in Lyndhurst or at Madison Square Garden, I was always getting little gigs on the side to shoot this, to edit that. And the day rates I would get to do these little jobs would always outpace the full-time salary that I was getting. You know, little by little, I realized that if you can make that kind of money consistently, it's more of a rewarding payout than the nine to five grind. And eventually, when I had an opportunity to travel the country with CBS Sports Network, documenting the Final Four and shooting and editing all these really cool behind the scenes follow docs, that was when I actually made the leap to say, you know what, this is what I'm going to be doing. And I remember we had a lot of conversations about is this the right move? Is this a smart thing to do? Should I even be considering leaving a full-time job where I can work five days a week for a job that I'm going to be working for four weeks and then I have to figure out what's on the other side of that on my own? But we ultimately decided that I was going to take the leap. And even back then, we didn't have a mortgage. We didn't have two kids. And we had a, a dinky little apartment here that we were sharing as newlyweds. And that was still scary back then to say, you know what, I'm not going to be making money month in and month out. We don't know what the future may hold. That was the leap. And I just never got another full-time job after that. And you know, it wasn't for a lack of trying. I, I had a four-month stint in 2018 where the work just dried up and I was looking at full-time jobs and, and nothing really panned out. But it's been more of a function of taking that one decision, that working out, and things just continuing to reward the hard work that's kept me in the entrepreneurial side of things. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad that you have mentioned all of that story behind the reason why you decided to leave your nine to five. But I just wanted to kind of give a little bit of backstory to all of that. One, I do agree with you that you really didn't do it because it was like, oh, I want to be a business owner. I want to no. be an entrepreneur. Trust me, if you didn't know Brendan before, you would have never thought like Brendan an entrepreneur because he's the type of person who goes with the flow. He likes to just kind of know when things are happening and things like that. But because he likes to go with the flow, I was a little nervous because <laughs> I'm like, first of all, not to offend you or anything, but he is not the most organized person. Ever. <laughs> that doesn't offend me. <laughs> he is somebody who, not a little bit of a boomer when it comes to social media. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to social media, I'll have to admit, it's something that I'm still battling with him to, to yeah, do a little bit more of. That's fair. But when he sat down with me and he told me, 
that he was potentially taking into consideration this opportunity that came his way, that it was going to be a two-week project, and then that was it. I was puzzled in the beginning because as you know my story, I'm an immigrant and I have very ingrained immigrant values. And for me, having a full-time nine-to-five job was the way to make it, was the success story. And so back then, I was still pretty new to the culture and everything else here in the United States. And so when he told me that, I looked at him puzzled, but I also had it in the back of my mind that Brendan had been miserable for months on end at his job. He knew that that job was a dead-end job really didn't excite him at all because he didn't have a lot of creativity with that. He was just editing videos in and out like a robot without having any type of freedom on the creative aspect of things. And that is the thing about Brendan. He's a great writer. He's extremely creative. And he's somebody who you just give him a camera and he'll tell you a story. But when he was editing at MSG or Madison Square Garden, you can just sense that the energy was sucked out of him. Like, I mean, he will still have to go in there with like suits to go into work every Sunday. (laughs) To edit videos. Yeah. Every Sunday I was ironing his clothes and preparing his lunch to go in. And I just can sense that he was just so unhappy. And so when he told me, I remember the story very vividly. We were sitting in the living room and he said he wanted to talk to me. I said, sure. So he's telling me the story about how he came across this opportunity and that he he thinks that he wanted to take it. I said, oh, are you going to take vacation from work and just do it? He said, no, I think that I just want to do it and see like where that takes me. I said, well, well, what's the plan after that? And he said, well, I don't really know, but I, this is what I want to do and I need to do right now. And so it took a little bit of talking for yeah. sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, I realized that his happiness was what's important. And we were just married for barely a year. At that point, yeah. like a few months we were married. And trust me, when we first got married, we had nothing. We were <laughs> poor to say the least. I mean, we slept on a mattress on the floor for how long? For like four months, right? Something like that. Yeah, but we missed that mattress now. <laughs> yeah, now we missed that mattress. It's like a 200 and something dollar mattress from Amazon. <laughs> and, you know, thinking back to that, it just it's crazy how far we've come. But we decided that it was the best for him because I had just gotten a full-time job. Pretty good. I was doing pretty well at my job, although I was there for four months. I knew that I was going to be successful. We had health insurance through my job. And I knew, I said, you know, right now, he was kind of hesitant when I asked all of the questions because that's the thing with Brendan. He takes decisions and sometimes he doesn't really think it through. So he had an idea of doing this for himself, but he didn't really think the logistics. Okay, what's going to happen now? Are, how are you going to get other clients? What is exactly that you want to do? Do you want to stay within editing? Do you want to do shooting? Do you want to do, you know, like there's just so much that can go into production. He hadn't thought any of no. that through. So when I was asking him those questions, he kind of like backpedaled a little bit. and was like, maybe this is not the right thing for me to do. Like he kind of got nervous. And so I told him, listen, I think that if you want to do this and if it's in your heart, right now is the time to do it because we don't have kids. Yeah. We don't have a mortgage. And I'm making enough money now that I can kind of get us through the year if you need to. At that point was the beginning of 2015. I could pay rent on my own. I could technically carry us for a little bit because, again, as we didn't really have a lot of time to plan, we did have a little bit of a nest egg from our wedding. That money was not to be touched because we wanted to buy a house. And so that's something that we were planning on for a while. And so... We decided as a couple that it was going to be the best thing for him, considering his mental state and everything that was going through his mind. And then it was something that he was just so passionate about that his slide just light up. Like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is so cool. Although it was like a one-time thing. Yeah. Then we'll figure it out as we go. But that's just a little bit of the story. Just wanted to kind of poke in the holes. It's interesting, too, that you mentioned that. It it was kind of like a two-way exit for me when I left there because I was nervous to tell you about this idea that I had about leaving the garden. 
And you know that went over well. But I was also nervous to quit. I was also nervous to tell my boss, like, hey, I'm out of here in two weeks. I'm traveling the country with with all these teams. And like you mentioned, it wasn't going well. And I don't think that he liked my work. God bless that my clients now do like my work. But, you know, I finally sat him down. I said, like, listen, I'm, I'm leaving in two weeks. I'm traveling and, and that's going to be that. And he goes, all right, good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was replaced like a week later. So, I mean, like, if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, I don't know what will, but... That's the sad reality, you know, as a recruiter myself and human resource professional, you know, if you don't follow me on TikTok, you guys fully should, side hustle experience or simply Eddie. I talk about this all the time and I just made a TikTok video about this and I had just started at a job for two months. I was there for just two months, you guys, and I got my dream role from Google and I hesitated because I felt awful that I needed to leave this job after two months. But then I reminded me of my time of being a human resource management where these companies, if they have to give you the boot, they give you the boot. So at the end of the day, yeah, I said, try your best not to burn any bridges because that's not good either. And obviously you have to think of your professionalism and your network. But look what Brendan just said. He was replaced within days of him putting hours and hours, 13 close hours a day working for $60,000 a year. Hey, 65. I stand corrected. $65,000 a year working 13-hour days is insane. And sometimes even going on a weekend to work, no health insurance either, because that's something that we were being covering on my end. Part of me thought that like, you know, I I owed something to that company to say, I put it off. I could have given them three or four weeks notice if I really wanted to, but I was kind of like chicken crap about it. Like, I'm really sorry I have to do this to you. But then I, you know, ripped the Band-Aid and he was happy to see me go, so... Yeah. But, you know, talking about passions and what I said earlier, how your eyes just kind of light up every time you talk about this. And it's something that you and I have had plenty of Friday night talks about. And that is finding your passion, because I consider you to be one of those lucky people who always have the fortune of knowing since you were really little that this is where you wanted to go. This is where you wanted to do. And it's not a reality for a lot of us. It's no. not a reality for a lot of professionals today. And it's one of the number one reasons why people are so miserable at their jobs is because they're not passionate about what it is they're doing. And don't get me wrong, passion is something, it's like flame, right? Like, or love. It changes over time and it's, you're not going to be passionate about the same exact thing for ages. That's not to be confused. But for me, it's been very hard to really know, okay, I love my job. Absolutely love what I do, but it's not something I'm like, oh, wow. Yes. I'm super passionate about it. But Brendan has always been really passionate about his, his work. And so my question for you is, Brendan, what are some tips you might have for people listening to this podcast today? What are the best ways to find your passion? Like, how do you find your passion? You know what? Like you mentioned a great point before I answer that, I kind of want to give a great analog about passion and how important it is. I think back to I used to have this summer job. It was at a pizzeria and there was this glass case that had a, a Caesar salad bowl in it. And every morning they wanted me to change out the Caesar salad and like, you know, cut up new romaine and put it in there. And I would always get flack for not doing it right away. I'm like, there's still salad in there from last night. It's fine. Like, what, what's the big deal? And I didn't understand why the salad from eight hours ago cannot be used, you know, today at 10 o'clock. And I never understood that. But anytime now, you know, 15, 20 years later, I go into a restaurant, I get wilted salad. I'm like, I just paid for this salad. Why isn't it the best thing I've ever seen? It's because at the time I had no passion to go in there and do things right. I just wanted my $4 an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You're so aging yourself right now. $4 an hour, you guys. Hey, he's older than me, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But the point stands is that like, you know, that reflects poorly on the business I was working for. It it reflects poorly on me. 
you know what? Like, why is a 15, 20 year old kid going to have passion about working in a restaurant? It's just not going to happen, but it does go downstream. If you're not passionate about what you're doing, then you're not going to do it well. And that's going to translate into every aspect of it. But in terms of really finding my passion, I've definitely always known that I wanted to do something creative. I think it was around high school that I knew that I wanted to stick to video. I've been editing since I think like 2001. I started on iMovie, translated to Final Cut, moved into Avid, moved into Premiere. And those are just editing softwares for those of you who don't know. Yes. The uh, the big three, Final Cut, Premiere, and Avid. I've done all three. But when I was starting out, I didn't know if I wanted to edit. I didn't know if I wanted to produce. I didn't know if I wanted to shoot. I didn't know if I wanted to direct. And I get asked all the time, well, do you want to be on the network side? Do you want to be on the production side? Where do you want to end up? And the genuine answer I always gave is, I, I don't know. I just want to work. But that's the passion part of it, right? Like, I just want to do things. I just want to dip my hand in the dirt and play. And that kind of got me to where I ultimately ended up that, you know, I liked editing. I started editing. I got jobs editing. I wanted to edit with my own footage. You bought me a nice camera when we were dating. Little by little, I upgraded that camera. But ultimately, I decided that, like, I kind of wanted to stick to that. And when I went from corporate work to independent work, I realized that, like, all right, I need to get serious about it, invest in really good camera equipment, and stick to what I'm doing. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to cut the romaine first thing in the morning and give the customers a really good salad. And that's the way I kind of see it. So I didn't know that I wanted to strictly buy cameras and start a business. It just kind of ended up that way. But finding the passion, it's really, it's about finding something that makes you want to cut the romaine and, you know, serve a good salad, I think. And you have to want to do it for the purpose of doing it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Something else that I wanted to add to that is don't be afraid of being new at something because that's how you're going to learn. That's how you're going to find out what's your passion. And I think that's what Brendan has done very well is that he could be sweating of being scared or confused or really not knowing what to do. But he is something that I admire of him and he just goes for it. And he's like, you know, I'm going to figure it out. And that is what you have to do, I think, to find your passion. And for us, you know, this podcast is specifically tailored for multi-passionate folks because I'm super multi-passionate, as Brendan knows. But that's something else that you have to do. It's you just don't know what you don't know. So it's what he was saying. Like people were asking him all these questions like, well, where do you want to go? There's just so many aspects of production, so many aspects of the creative side. Until he tried those things out, now that he's done a lot of editing, he's done a lot of shooting and now directing, he's kind of like finally finding, like, this is what I really want to do. Like, although I've worked for 15 plus years in the business, now that I got to do this, although he's never done it before, and he was so into this, like waking up super early in the morning, not getting home until really late at night for five days straight. I mean, working his booty off. (laughs) And that's the thing. You cannot be afraid of hard work. If you really want to find your passion, because yeah, you know, working nine to five is hard work. I'm not going to lie to you, but I think Brendan told me he, he heard this somewhere else. I cannot remember where, but there is the nine to five mentality and the six to nine mentality, right? Yes. Yeah. I know exactly who said that. And so sometimes when you don't find your passion within your nine to five, this is when you start getting your hobbies, right? And it doesn't mean that your hobbies or passions have to be a business. It doesn't mean that you have to make money out of it. It just means that it's just an outlet for you to find that thing, because it could mean that you still want to be in your nine to five. That's okay. Trust me, I'm there. But at least you have something beyond that that keeps you excited, that keeps you being different and keeps you giving you life experiences. Because sometimes people ask me all the time, well, what's going to make me stand out? What's going to make me look different in a job application or a job interview or in a, in social media? Well, it's your story because there's no Arianas, there's no Brendans, there's no 
two other people out there. Even twins have different DNA. So if you think about it, all of your life experiences, that includes your trauma, your experimentations, everything that you do in life is what makes you you. And essentially that's gonna help you find your passion. Hey there. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would so much appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would help the show reach more multi-passionate professionals, and it gives me feedback on what direction to take future episodes. I have linked a tutorial on how to do so in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. Well, the other part of that quote too, though, and I think which is really important is that, you know, the nine to five mentality is you're putting in work for someone else who's going to get all the glory for what you just spent the day doing. You come home exhausted and you don't want to, in those hours, do anything besides, you know, turn your brain off and watch The Office. You know, if you can- My friends. Or, or friends. <laughs> as long as it's NBC. You know, in, in the hours from six to nine, are you able to sit down, work and create for yourself for a change? You know, people tend to wonder why things didn't work out for them when they didn't go the extra mile to do something for themselves, as opposed to using all their energy on someone else in exchange for a dollar. And that's when it kind of comes to fruition. But you have the six to nine mentality right now. You know, you you work the six to nine hours, but I shut off at five o'clock because I've done the work for myself. That's the difference. And that's what I really admire about you because I don't have the brain power. I'm running on fumes at like, you know, 630 after the girls are getting ready to go to bed. Yeah. And you know, that's just the difference between our journeys, because for you, when you first found out that you wanted to do this, you went and did this project. And again, that was not Brendan thinking I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I don't think me and Brendan and I ever even used that word no. in our households back then. It didn't become a reality until 2017. I want to say almost two years into the project and the gigs and the yeah. freelancing of him saying like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is going to be my business. But the difference is that Brendan took the leap right away. He didn't have a transition period where he was like, you know what, let me do this on the side. And then if I see success or whatever, it wasn't a side hustle for him. It was his nine to five and then boom, his business. For me, because again, our brains just work differently. And when I found out I wanted to do something else, we were just deep into like huge adulting responsibilities. (laughs) We had a mortgage, we had a baby on the way. When I had my daughter is when I started to really question myself. Like, do I really want to continue to do this full time? Do I want to stay home with her? Like there was just so much that changed in me. And that is when the reality hit for me that Working a nine to five is great, but I also wanted to do something else besides that. And that's when I started doing my side hustling with career coaching. And that's where I'm at today. But that's the difference between us that you didn't have to go through that because one, we didn't have the same responsibilities and two, you really didn't know what it was going to turn into. For me now, I feel like I have a leg up because I've seen your your ups and downs. I've seen your mistakes, what to do and what not to do. And I feel like I've learned from that. And one thing that I just know I don't want for myself is the stress of going to bed every night and say, shoot, am I going to get a client tomorrow? Because you have to depend on that when you're an entrepreneur. And it doesn't matter if you take the leap, being prepared or not, it's always going to happen. But at least I feel like I need to give myself a runway of preparing myself in the long term for a few years now to be able to have a nest egg. Because again, we have different responsibilities than when Brendan took the leap. But I just kind of dropped in there a little bit of the hint of the next question I wanted to ask you. Before you do that, one of the things I wanted to mention about like, you know, the entrepreneur journey and a big part of it, I think, was the math kind of did itself for us. 
because I didn't quit the garden expecting that, you know, I would go into entrepreneurship full time. I thought it'd be cool if I do, but I didn't think I could pull off the clients on a regular basis to that degree. So I thought that if I quit the garden, I would be forced into finding another full time job. Mm -hmm. And I did interviews and interviews and interviews. And I don't remember like how many times you ironed my suits for me because I had all these interviews that just never panned out. And every time they'd say, well, what do you do? Well, I'm really good at shooting, I'm really good at editing, and I'm really good at telling stories, and I direct, and I produce, and I shoot, and I write, and blah, blah, blah. And they'd say, well, what are your salary expectations? Well, you know, I made like a buck 20 last year. What can you do for me? Oh, we got like 50, 60 in the budget for you. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I double that on my own. Like, why are we wasting each other's time? So like the math does kind of, it doesn't work that way for everyone, but the math did itself in, in my mm-hmm. case. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And again, I can relate because I just landed a really amazing job in tech. And as you probably know, it's a cushy salary, as I have to say. (laughs) So it's going to be a little while for me to kind of have that detachment from it because it is finally the job that I feel is really paying my worth and what it is that I put into the work to receive the same type of compensation. So it's definitely going to be a little while for me. Again, Google and the job that I have right now has always been a dream for me. So I'm going to be here for a hot minute, but it's just interesting to do this passion project of working in this podcast and just kind of give you guys, everybody listening, all of these tips on how to do it for yourself. Because for example, Brendan and I have two different backgrounds where he just jumped in, took the leap and did it and made it work. For me, I have the possibility of continuing to work my nine to five, do really well at it, also continue to have my side hustle. And the point of that is to be able to have diversified income so that I can one, pay off my student loan debt along other things and just have some sort of savings for our daughters because my plan is to be able to have generational wealth for them, which is something that I don't have and potentially invest with my husband, with Brendan to have a life of freedom, hopefully in the future. And potentially we can retire early, you know, that's the plan. But I just wanted to ask you, Brendan, I know that we kind of hinted into this and it's so strange to call you. Brendan. I was just going to say that. So strange. <laughs> He might, he must be a little scared because I only call him that when we're fighting. I didn't do anything wrong. Exactly. I, I, only, I, only, <laughs> I only, but it's just strange to call you babe on a podcast and potentially some of my coworkers are listening to this. So, <laughs> but Brendan, I just want you to tell us what are some of the ups and downs that you have witnessed the last six, seven years in your entrepreneurship journey? I mean, it, it really is like a feast or famine kind of a thing. And I've learned to be good with money. It, it took a while to get there. When I have too much money, I want to get rid of it. <laughs> what is wrong with it? <laughs> I mean, the worst down was obviously, like I mentioned earlier, you were maybe five, six months pregnant and I just couldn't find a job. I couldn't find a full-time job. I couldn't find a freelance gig. I was emailing clients who I hadn't spoken to in a while. And at one point I got in the car and started driving Uber. That's true story, guys. Yeah. That's true story. <laughs> and he has, that's another podcast within itself, driving Ubers and the stories you have to tell. <laughs> But that's for another podcast. It just reminded me of so many amazing, funny stories. Yeah, if you got like an hour and a half to kill, we can just go over all my passengers. And I only did it like, you know, a handful of times. So, But like, I, I wish I could kind of go back in time and tell myself that, you know, it was it was going to work out and things were going to be okay. I, I didn't really always have the faith that it would. I didn't know, you know, where my next job was going to come from at that point. You know, thank God things did pick up again. But, you know, there's moments when you think like, you know, maybe this was all a bad idea. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe we shouldn't have gotten pregnant without me having a full-time job. I mean, ultimately, it it did turn around. I did have a stable group of clients to kind of come back to and get regular work from. And I did pick up a few great new ones on the way. 
that's really been lucrative. But you know, in the large scheme, in terms of ups and downs, it is like that on a regular basis. Some months I'll make enough money to get me through two months without working. And, you know, sometimes I'll do a gig like I did two weeks ago where I just bust my butt in the city and, you know, I'll take a week off and hang out with the girls. And it's leveled itself out where it's kind of a, I'd call it a controlled burn. You know, I have enough gigs and I have enough gigs on the calendar where I don't have to worry about it. But, you know, with that being said, I want to do dropping a little comment there that it was not easy getting here. No, no, of course not. It was not easy because that's one of the things that I see in social media. Just people just glamorize this whole world of entrepreneurship and, oh my gosh, I made a thousand dollars today or I made $10,000 this month. Here's how you do it. But as he just mentioned, you know, he went for a few months there when we were in a really pivotal, critical moment in our lives when we were bringing a child into this world. And yes, I had a full-time job, but again, I was working 80, 90 hour weeks and it was not really paying that much. I could have not picked up the mortgage on my own. And we were here, we had the mortgage. Right. It was just not enough for me to pick it up on my own. And I was getting worried too. You know, we had a little bit of savings, which we had to dip into because there was just not a lot of work coming in for Brendan. But you know, now that he mentioned right now, he has a lot of work. Thank God, you know, knock on wood. And he does travel a lot and he has a lot of great opportunities. But that came to fruition now because of all the hard work you put in the beginning on really just going above and beyond when you're on site with clients, making sure you're shaking the right hands, making sure that you're always just following up with people. And the majority of these new clients he has gotten has been all word of mouth. Yeah. Someone else referring someone else and someone else referring someone else. And so... I'm amazed at 2021 where Brendan barely has a social media presence and is able to run multiple six-figure business from home. I am shocked. It is doable to do it, but I wouldn't recommend it because it's what I'm telling Brendan. It's like you could be making so much more money if you were to be out there in the social media marketing world making, you know, affiliate marketing, potentially teaching people how to do the same, you know, as a a part-time thing on your own business. You know, taking on to TikTok, because I just don't see a lot of people on TikTok doing what you do. So there's a lot of, you know, hunger for that, for a lot of young kids kind of coming up and being interested in doing social media marketing videos and all of that other stuff. And hopefully I'll get him there. But you will. I just got to find a way to like brand myself because I'm very uncomfortable on camera. The only way this is working out right now is because there's no camera on my face. (laughs) There's a lot of ways to do things without camera. But what I want to say is that just consider that things are always going to be up and down regardless of your position, regardless of how much money you saved up to to do it on your own. You have to be comfortable with that. You have to be comfortable with that and knowing that that's what's going to happen, but also understanding that it's not going to be like that forever. First of all, what I want to say is that if you do want to go on your own, just make sure that you are doing your research and assuring yourself that it is a viable idea, that it could be profitable, that there are other people doing it because It is going to be up and down, but when things get bad, it's not always going to be bad. And sometimes you just have to pivot and do things differently. The approach that Brennan had in 2018, I think that's what forced him to kind of change his approach a little bit with the way that he was finding clients and things like that. And not just relying on inbound sales, but also going out there and putting himself in an uncomfortable place, you know, to just kind of say, hey, I'm here. This is what I offer. And that's how things started to pick up again. You know, with that being said, I know that all of these topics can just be so many other podcasts within itself because we just have so much to talk about. But I just wanted to kind of surface level for people who are kind of trying to dip their feet into it. They're still kind of in their nine to five and they potentially want to continue their nine to five because they're like it's similarly to me, but want to learn more. Can you give me your top three things that are your must do's 
when you are starting a business. And I know that you didn't traditionally start one because we didn't even have a business plan and we still don't have one. <laughs> uh, but what are the what are the things you think worked and, and it made it a success? You know what? I, I didn't have a business plan, like you said. I, I did it part-time. I knew I could create the products that I was looking to sell because I did it, you know, in my spare time when I was working a nine-to-five. So, like, you know, it comes back to that six-to-nine mentality. I was doing it back then before I actually did take the leap. But it more than anything, it's about impressing your clients and making their lives easy because they don't want to be dealing with making videos and having to deal with revisions and having to, you know, deal with audio issues. The more you can lift off their plates and, you know, make their lives easier is what I found that brings them back to you time and time again. You know, your your brand, it, it's what leaves a lasting impression. And ultimately that's what gets you repeat clients. If you get a good product, it's on time. If And, you know, a lot of the things that leave good impressions with clients aren't the things that particularly take talent, like, you know, showing up on time. I tell people the call time is not what time to be at the location we're going to shoot. That's what time you're late. You know, being attentive and knowing what the camera is shooting and not standing in front of it. Really the simple things. And then, you know, once you kind of master the basics of professionalism is when I think you can kind of start mastering the the basics of the profession you're working in. You don't have to do the top-down approach that, you know, some folks might tell you that you can't go into business without a business plan because I absolutely did. I just, I knew how to create the product that I was creating. I think along the way, it was really the etiquette I had to nail down in terms of, because I wasn't a trained entrepreneur. I wasn't a trained business owner. And, you know, learning how to conduct yourself in a professional environment, I think that's the most important thing to really understand and, and get to know if you want to have clients coming back to you time and time again. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, going back to the whole business plan situation, it is something that I want to do with my business, not only for the preparation piece, because I feel like I get that piece down, but to have projections and to give goals for myself. Okay. Like if I did this amount of money this month, how much money do I want to make next month? And kind of having just that vision and that goal insight, because it's hard to do it when you're just like so busy, you're heading the sand, doing the day to day. But it's what Brendan was saying, you know, for him, he's a creative at heart. So it was hard for him to kind of learn the business side of things, because that's one thing that people don't realize when they go into entrepreneurship. You become everything. The business manager, the secretary, the admin, the the graphic designer, whatever product you're producing, that's, you know, your creative, your zone of genius. And so you have to take time away from your zone of genius to take care of everything else, you know, the back and forth in the emails, making sure that everything is great for the call sheet, whoever, you know, you're contracting, you have to do all of the back and forth, invoicing, taxes, everything you have Remind to do. Remind the clients that their payments are passed through. That's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's just so much. And then for him, because he doesn't do social media, but if he were to be doing social media, that's something else that he would have to think about. So all of that, you kind of have to encompass and know that it takes a lot of grit to be yeah, an entrepreneur because there's just so much more than just selling a product or a service or whatever it is that you're doing. But everything else, it's like you're wearing a lot of hats and you have to be okay with that. And then there's other ways of doing it too. Like if you have the profits and the margin to do so, you can hire someone else to do things like that for you to not take too much time away from your zone of genius, which is something that Brendan is starting to do now, kind of like subcontract. And I think Brendan is just because his business is his baby, right? So he, he's always afraid of like, oh, you know, it's my brand. And I don't know if I should like trust people to represent it that way. But it's like, you know, you have to kind of start letting go at one point. Yeah. Like just know that you're contracting people that you trust. And Brendan is not great at having tough conversations. No. So <laughs> it's something that, you know, with my HR management experiences, I sit down with him and tell him like some talking points of how to say things. 
and not offending people or anything, but just being stern because at the end of the day, it is his business. And he doesn't want to be sending out contractors that are going to make him look bad. Because at the end of the day, it's his work. Again, this work that he's doing, it's very dependent on word of mouth. So if you do a bad job, that person might not say anything publicly, but they are definitely not recommending you to anyone else. No, and that's something that's important for a lot of people to realize too, is like the internal politics of a lot of your clients is something that you're not going to be able to peer behind the curtain at. And if you do, it's because they chose to give you a little peek. But, you know, more often than not, all it takes is one wrong thing. And you just wonder to yourself why you never got that call back, mm-hmm. why you never you know, went to that second gig, or why you're seeing them posting on Instagram about a gig that you thought you were going to be at. Ooh, that's just salt in the wound. (laughs) But, you know, we've all been there. And, like, I'm I'm not saying I, I, you know, I went anywhere and said anything stupid, but, like, I've seen it happen. And it's very easy to, um, you know, to flush a good opportunity away with a stupid comment. Very true. Or a stupid outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Brendan, so I just wanted to ask you, you know, if you could give yourself advice to your younger self, what would it be? It would probably, you know, first of all, I'd, I'd want to tell myself to have faith and not to worry because, you know, things will work out. I hope my future self can give me the same advice because, you know, there were times when I thought that the business wasn't going to work out and I had reason to feel that way. And I remember I came to you when I was upset about it and I thought I was never going to get to travel again. I was never going to get to make movies again. I never thought I was going to get to do this stuff again. And it does work out. And you know what? I've, I've made mistakes and I've learned from them. And I think ultimately, if I had to learn anything from that, it's to be a professional. What does that mean? Break it down for us. Like I said, you know, you show up on time, you put your phone in your pocket, you say yes, please, and thank you to people who probably don't need to hear it. Who They'll probably think you're a weirdo for having those kinds of manners. You know, I'll, I'll go out with my clients. If they invite me to a bar, I'll go out and have like one drink. You know, I won't divulge any personal information. And I, I do have plenty of friends who, uh, you know, love going to the bar and love talking. And, you know, you don't have the same conversations with your clients. I have plenty of bar friends who love to go out and, you know, talk crap and have a good time. And it's a learning experience for anyone that like, you know, you can't do that with your clients. You can go out, have a beer and maybe talk about the project you worked on that day. But, you know, being a professional is is knowing where the line is drawn. Mm-hmm. Common sense, but not often common practice. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think, you know, it, it, it's good to learn that lesson early on to know what a professional is. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I love that. Well, thank you, Brendan, so much for all of your nuggets and amazing experience and just opening up your heart to tell us all about your journey and being vulnerable here with us. We appreciate it much more than you can imagine. If you have any questions, please let me know. Contact me via Instagram, Side Hustle Experience. I am so excited to chat with you there. Or you can follow me on TikTok as well. But I'm probably going to answer better on Instagram. It's my pleasure. I'm going back to the couch. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate you and I hope you have a wonderful day. I'll see you on the next time very soon or I will have you here back very soon. Same time, same place. Over and out. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and I hope that it served you well. If you enjoyed it or found it to be something that resonated with you, share that takeaway with me over on Instagram so that the community can also see it. And if you tag me at Side Hustle Experience, I will be sure to reshare it. Your support and feedback means the world to me. I hope to have you back on the next episode at the same time, same place. Over and out.